Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is The Guardian. Welcome to the final word, Ashes Daily. I'm Emma John, and I'm in the UK, where staying up through the night to watch your team lose slowly at their sporting endeavours is considered less a form of madness and more an expression of the national character. My colleagues Jeff Lemon and Adam Collins, meanwhile, are reporting on this fourth test from their homeland of Australia, a place of sunshine, self-esteem and healthy living. And we'll be joining them at the Sydney Cricket Ground for their no doubt cheerful analysis of this fourth day's play shortly. For Pat Cummins's men, it was another satisfactory day at the office, with everyone on full course for their maximum end-of-year bonus. For England, meanwhile, it was more like a car coming off the road onto a shallow but slippery bank. The gradual slide downwards doesn't seem too bad while it's happening, but you're picking up speed and there's a nasty ditch waiting for you at the bottom, which you know is going to wreck the car because you've crashed into it before, several times. In other words, Australia batted England into serious peril in this second innings and declared to set them a target of 388 runs, which, let's remember, is more than they've managed to score all series. England added only 36 to their overnight score, with Johnny Bairstow out for 113 as he tried to marshal the tail. 40 minutes before lunch, Australia's openers were back in the middle with a first innings cushion of over 100, But England had both of them out before the break. Joe Root brought Mark Wood on in only the sixth over and Wood repaid the favour immediately with pace, bounce and a nick behind off Warner. After lunch, he followed up with his new bunny, Marnus Labuschagne, cutting the world number one off for only 29. When Jack Leach grabbed his second wicket, bowling Steve Smith with a slider, Australia were four down for 86 and England felt momentarily in the hunt. But since he got back into the side a matter of days ago, Usman Khawaja has proven he just doesn't quit. His first 50 came off 86 balls, his second off 45, as he and Cameron Green established an ever-accelerating partnership that went into overdrive after tea. The pair indulged in some serious stroke play off England's spinners, and when Root brought Wood back on to slow things down, Green pulled his first delivery for four. Cummins was only moved to declare once Green was out for a sparkling 74 and Alex Carey fell first ball so that Leach, England's chief wicket-taker of the day, was left stranded on a hat-trick. England's openers survived the last 11 overs of play. You could argue they did better than that, taking nine runs off one Cummins over. And their batters now have the very tangible target of batting out the final day to save this test. Are they capable? I'll leave that to you to decide. Well, I bet Adam and Jeff have thoughts too. So let's go over to them in Sydney. Day four at the SCG and uh, 
It was a it was a buffet. It was a treat. There were so many things to happen. There was Johnny Bairstow coming out unbeaten on 103. That didn't go on for too long. He got added 10 and then got out. Stuart Broad tried to whack a few. He got out. Jack Leach got out playing a horrible shot. They didn't add a lot. Um, and they ended up, what, 128 behind? Something yep. like that on the first innings. And then, really, it was, it was Mark Wood time for a while. And then it was Usman time. And then it was England's openers time. And there were so many things. It's hard, it's hard to pick where to start. But it probably has to be the guy who made twin centuries in a test match. This doesn't happen very often. In terms of Australians, 16 players had done it before Usman Khawaja joined that club. The comeback kid, the comeback king, not a kid. He's too young to be a kid. He can't be a comeback kid anymore. He was doing LeBron James in the first innings, so he, he can be the comeback king. 137 in the first innings, and then 100 unbeaten in the second. 102, 103? 101. 101. Mm. Thereabouts. You know, we don't pay attention to detail on this show. The important thing is that he, he made 100 runs, and it, there, there were the, the two kinds of Usman. The test match Usman in the first innings, and the T20 Usman in the second innings, who was like, slog sweep for six, flip it over my shoulder, play the reverse, do whatever I want. And he just seemed to have a great time. Yeah, and, and the fact is, the first hour and a half he was at the crease or something like that, it wasn't that kind of innings. In fact, he was hard held with Green for a time there. But after tea, they added 90 runs in 60 minutes. Kawaja made 60 runs from the first 50 balls he faced after tea, as you say, with all the shots in the world, getting himself into the 90s and giving himself an opportunity at, at twin centuries. Only nine Ashes twin tons uh, in the 145-year mm -hmm. history of this stoush. There's been three at the SCG, Dougie Walters in 69, uh, nice. Ricky Ponting in his 100th Test match in 2006. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was when Kawaja joins them. And, you know, we sort of talked a lot about Usman when he made his 100 in the first dig, about this not necessarily being... Uh, burdened with too much baggage from before yep. uh, but I mean he really has created now uh, a, a, a case for him it's impossible to leave him out into the future I'm not entirely sure he'll play at Hobart next week by the mm. by but when it comes to the contribution he'll be asked to make this year nine test matches in Asia it's now inevitable if he makes a pair here it's probably not mm. uh, such is the, 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 the fickle nature the of the vagaries. sport the vagaries of the game but yep. I tell you what you say the different types of Wuzun Kawaja first innings coming in at 117 for three having to get through that period negotiate a tough second new ball stretch on the second morning get through Broad and Anderson bowling beautifully just left everything spell after spell from Mark Wood uh, maintaining concentration on a hard track yep. and then today um, batting with Cameron Green who was out of form until he wasn't uh, getting to tea and then exploding we're seeing a guy who can shift gears so quickly so readily pen depending on what the match situation is it, it kind of it's striking that he's been out of the test team through his early 30s for the most part. It's a reminder uh, that five or six years ago, I once said on our podcast early on that if you're picking an Earth 11, he'd be the first guy on the team sheet. Well, he looks like that guy today. Yeah, that was that 2015-16 sort of era for about a year where he, he pretty much was the best player on the planet. Yeah. But he, he's always had this issue of his, his highs are so high, but then he's... he's his in-betweens are mediocre, and, and that has been his problem. I, I wonder if that's a, a permanent change. Or is, he, is he just in a hot run again, or is this that he's because he's older and more experienced, he's worked out his game, he's more relaxed, he knows what to do, he's enjoying it more, he's not taking on all that pressure on himself about having to succeed. Maybe, maybe he's broken through in a way where he can keep doing this for a couple of years, um, play for another two or three years yep. instead of doing it for six months and, and having it sort of drift away. I, I don't know, yeah. but I just have this feeling. He, he seemed he seemed so relaxed. Whereas That's you, it. You think in this situation, 
coming back, you could be really nervous. You could be like, you know, Matty Elliott coming back in 2003 in, in Cairns or whatever it was <laughs> and thinking, I've got to take my chance. I've got to take my chance and, and snatching at it. And he hasn't done that. Yeah. Look, I might have said this on the podcast the other day or, or somewhere else, but Usman Khawaja wasn't always the easiest player to deal with in the Australian team. I mean, far from it. He might have been sometimes the hardest player to deal with because he, he had that me against the world thing going on yep. and sometimes that's not always particularly flattering and I think that he sometimes backed himself into a corner a little bit on that basis none of that now I mean mm. I've interviewed him twice this week and he could not be more chilled out and yeah that, that different mindset I suppose knowing that uh, the next step for him is going overseas with the Australian test team and he'll get an extended run once they're over there I'm sure of that whether he plays in Hobart or not is a slightly different conversation I reckon I know that people will be banged for blood if he doesn't uh, get picked next week mm. on the basis that Marcus Harris got a couple of starts here and threw it away I suspect they will be tempted to stick with Harris anyway but that's kind of irrelevant Looking at the medium term, he'll go to Pakistan, he'll go to Sri Lanka, he'll go to India. That seems certain now, given mm -hmm. uh, his uh, wonderful run against spin. We saw the, the reverse sweep again today repeatedly and the conventional sweep. And Jack Leach bowled a lot better today too and had better fields set for him uh, for the most part. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, and I'm not saying that Jack Leach is Graham Swan or anything like that. that you know, the, the first spinner who Kawaja had to face on this ground 11 years ago. But simply that uh, he now gets that extended run. It's not about whether he's going to be picked next week. Yep. It's about, uh, you know, how he can make the most of this final fling. I want to talk about Kawaja at the SCG for just a second. Yes. Because this is three consecutive hundreds in it three is. innings at the SCG. 171 the last time he played uh, here against England in, in 2018 at the end of that series. Um, and give you a guess. There's one other player who's got three consecutive Ashes hundreds at the SCG. Any? Uh... It's probably got to be Laksh. No, no, I was going to say, uh, it's, uh, uh, have you Hammond? It is. It yeah. is. Wally Hammond did it. Uh, averaged about 250 on the SCG. Yeah. But, you know, Wally well, Hammond. Albeit two were in the same summer. Body line summer, he made 200s yeah. here. And of course, the, the 1928-29 double time. But it's a nice grouping. Kawaja, Hammond. You know, Wally Hammond had some problems downstairs. Kawaja, all fine <laughs> in that department as far as we know. If you listen to the show, we'll know what we're talking about. So he's actually coming out better. He's, he's coming out ahead of Wally Hammond. Um, if we if we factor in everything across all departments. But, I'll, I'll throw but you a few more Sydney things with Kawaja okay. Shella. He averages 98.33 here. Only two men in test history. Nick Savage from News.com uh, popped this up on Twitter yesterday. Have a better average and have scored more runs than Kawaja at this ground. The aforementioned Wally Hammond and Tendulkar, who made uh, three centuries here as well across five tests, including his unbeaten 241. So you get a sense of where he sits here at this ground. Mm -hmm. um, and look, you can't take your home ground with you around the world. But um, this isn't your, um, you know, India did a, an amazing thing here last year, saving that test match on a pretty flat track that got flatter and flatter and flatter. They could have played test cricket on it on day eight. Um, this isn't that. This is a, this is a it played well got, today. It looked like it played the best today it has in the test it, match. Well, it, well yeah, okay. I can't. Even, even when Australia bowled in the, uh, at England in the last session, they didn't look as deadly. Cummins and Stark didn't. Well, you know, Boland mean, got a couple to go, but it didn't look like a minefield, which it did on day two, maybe. I, I, I just simply, I would simply say the new ball had the ball pinging around their gloves quite quite a lot in the last eleven overs there, and it kind of did that all day, especially when Wood was bowling. So, um, yeah, it, this. The, I don't want people to read the scorecard of this game in 20 years' time and go, oh, England, 3-0, twin hundreds, home ground, must have been a flatty. It's mm. not. Yep. This yep. has been class from the get-go and the way he was able to steward Cameron Green to higher ground today too. Cameron Green, 57 runs coming into this 
innings in the series, that is. Uh, and I kind of thought after T he would come out trying to access deep mid-wicket the way that he did when he struck four sixes here out of his 84 against India last time around. But he actually waited till quite deep in the innings to start playing those kinds of shots mm-hmm. and played conventional cricket, hit the ball bloody hard. But it wasn't T20 cricket, it was Cameron Green trying to play himself into form cricket. Yeah. And who knows, he might have just done that. He might have. There was one amazing big shot he played, though. The Mark Wood came on to bowl a new spell. Second ball of it, I think. Bouncer about a metre outside yes. off stump, and Green reaches out, fetches it, and puts it over the mid-wicket fence. That's what you can do with that kind of albatross reach yes. that he's got. Uh, I know I know, we haven't got onto England yet, but one last thing on the Kawaja train, which we do have to address. I mean, you say Hobart doesn't matter, but it also does matter because they can't leave a guy who's made twin tons out of, a, out of the match. But Travis Head will be back. I mean, what happens? Does he go up the top and push out Marcus Harris? Yeah. Because it's, it's the, or he will impact. I mean, he's going. To, he's going to open in Pakistan, right? Yeah. Unless Harris makes a ton next week. Mm. And look, if but he does, but Harris and can't even play if he does, next week. But even, I'm just saying that my gut is they just they just ride it through because like that's the way they've that's the attitude they seemingly are taking under George Bailey to give players opportunities and right. to back them in all the way. I'd be surprised if they dump him for the final test after an excellent performance at the G in, in, in context and yeah. a couple of... I'd just be surprised if they pulled that ripcord now, but I but I, I am certain they will pull it before Karachi. Mm. So it's interesting. I don't think it'll break Kawaja's heart if he doesn't play next week either. There will be a national uproar. Right. Um, but uh, yes, I, I, I quite sincerely don't think it's about next week. I think it's about the nine tests away from home. All right. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com ACAST. Well, there's not a lot to talk about from the end of England's innings because, you know, it, had, it, it fell away as, as you might have expected. Oh, no, I thought you had a second innings. I thought no, they had no, quite I mean, well tonight. Their first one. They had, yes, they had, they yes. had two goes today. Um, but it was notable that, that Jack Leach bowled a lot better and yeah. he bowled better because they brought the field up yes. and because players couldn't immediately take a single and get off strike and there were dot balls and there was pressure and then what do you know, things started to work for him. The, the ball he got Marcus Harris out with, I'm not sure that was deliberate. I think he... He'd been bowling very flat, and then he really flighted this ball. Um, and I think he meant to flight it, but I don't think he meant to bowl it three feet outside off stump. But Harris went after it, because he does after anything outside off stump, and nicked it behind. But just the fact that Leach was prepared to throw it up, uh, just the fact that he, he bowled a couple of quiet overs before that, you know, that felt good. He edged yep. one behind. Um, Ollie Pope with the gloves as a substitute keeper took the first three catches. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Watch his space. Um, and I don't know. And, and then Leach, you know, he gets a second. He gets Steve Smith playing a horrible shot, backing away and, and trying to chop it off his stumps. And it was like Rangan Harath used to get Steve Smith out. But I don't think they're quite the same bowler. But then you do wonder if, you know, if Australia had declared as soon as Kawaji got the 100, Leach would have had two for 85, and instead he picked up two more wickets in, you know, a couple of overs later because he got green off the top edge and then Carey first ball. Four for 85. Looks a lot better on the scorecard. So I wonder I wonder what people would have made of his analysis without the the extra two wickets. Oh, no, they would have said he bowled well because he did bowl well. Um, he, he did bowl the best he's bowled on tour. Um, I think as a finger spinner in Australia, to be successful, you need to threaten both edges. That's what Jadeja did last year, remember, here at this ground as well. 
Uh, I don't think you can be a finger spinner in Australia and not have a second string to your bow other than your stock delivery. That's why Lion's so effective because of the extra bounce. So you mm -hmm. effectively, I mean, it's not his, it's, it's not that he bowls a deucer or something, but we saw Lion get a wicket yesterday with one that went straight on. That's, that's not his normal mode of dismissal. It's the big turning off break or the yep. one that leaps using that, that extraordinary overspin, overspin that, he, yep. that he gets on the ball. The, the observation you could make of Leach in what we've seen so far is that he tries to give it a rip, but it's all side spin. Mm. Uh, today, he managed to get two, hit the shiny side and skid straight on. That's threatening both edges. It may not be quite as pretty as the overspinner, but again, it kind of uh, we're kind of um, looking at the way that Lyon got Stokes out yesterday. That's not a million miles away from the ball that he bowled to Smith today. A little bit quicker, mm -hmm. hit the shiny side and sped up. Uh, that is a weapon for a finger spinner in this country, so fair play to him. And I like the fact that it was the arm ball that got, uh, that got Harris too. Sometimes you've got to set the ball wide at the arm ball to tempt the drive and, and nicely pouched by Ollie Pope, who was the sub keeper. So well played Jack Leach. I was gutted for him that he didn't get the chance to bowl the hat-trick ball. Um, well, it maybe was, this might be the right place to transition I, 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 to the Hall of Fame in I, a moment. I think, I, think we, I think after one more thing, which is Mark Wood, okay, because oh, he, he almost, he didn't quite get the new ball, but he almost got the new ball. Got it after a few overs. Two overs, yeah. Nicks off David Warner with pace, you know. Yeah. Warner hasn't much liked facing Mark Wood in this series, but, you know, got one that startled him. And then gets the edge from Labuschagne as well. Now, you know, we, I think we mentioned that piece that Barat Sundarason wrote about Manus Labuschagne bragging that no one had got his outside <laughs> edge in nine months or whatever it was. Mark Wood's got it three times in this series. Do, do you start talking? Is there a psychological stranglehold? Is someone going to say that he's a bunny? Probably not. But, There's some good numbers. He, he's got a very good play. He's got him out three times for 17 runs or something. Three times in 22 balls since he went to number one on the ICC batting rankings. Mm. I mean, that's a that's a... That's a good record. And, you know, um, let's not overplay this point, but Labuschagne did enjoy some good luck earlier yeah. in the series, and now he's experiencing a rough trot against a fine bowler. He got a start today, by the way. He got yeah. a start uh, the other day too. But, um, you know, Wood used well by Root in short bursts, and, you know, the amount of times that Wood ends up on the turf, I mean, in a way, I hope they don't play him next week. I don't want them to break him. I don't want Wood to, you know, get a stressy in the last week of the tour or something like yeah. that. But on the other hand, I'll be gutted if he misses out because he's been a breath of fresh air. Um, two wickets today, I think eight or maybe nine for the series. Dan Bredig put on Twitter, if, if the world was fair, he'd have 20. Mm. Uh, and, I, and I share that view. So, uh, well bowled Mark Wood. Uh, and yes, and, uh, and Jack Leach in the wickets for the first time across the series. I, I feel as though those two guys, uh, and Broad and Anderson, but especially those two guys, can be really proud of their achievements today. It's the final word, Hall of Fame. The most final word moment of the day. There are a couple. There are a couple of candidates. And it is hard to go past, I think, the one that we alluded to earlier, which is Jack Leach, two in two balls, on a hat-trick, four wickets, could take a fiver, and the opposition captain, Pat Cummins, due to come in next, and he says... No, thanks, champ. Don't fancy it. In we come. There's a few bits to this. I'm a bit cross with Pat to what he did to Alex Carey. I mean, if Alex Carey twats a six that ball, yeah. then they're the still point? batting, all right? Yeah. I mean, let's think it through. Right. He gets a six that ball, they're going to keep the foot down for another couple, of, couple overs. of overs. But instead calling them in. What does that say about the decision to expose Carey, who's down on form? You know, I take the bigger picture view around these things sometimes. Yep. Like, you know, in some ways I would have been happy for Australia to have let Green advance to 100 had time permitted for the same reason. That like, was a bigger picture thing as well. And then a lot of people were saying, why didn't they declare earlier? And I thought there's, there's more value in them investing in Green to yeah, get him to a test century that's right. than there is in having five more overs at England. Yeah, tonight. in maybe trying to bowl England out. In I think for 
the usual suspects, one of the Australia declares so early so they can play golf tomorrow. Clear on day two. Um, but, you know, that, that's that's fine. We, we, we know how they operate. We know we know what they would prefer. But the, for those who... Should have declared at 117 for three on day one. Yeah. You know, yeah, you know pop we'll, them in at the end of day one. Whatever it takes for a four-day test five match. overs at them at the... Oh, that tricky little session before <laughs> in the dusk. Yeah. Well, they have made England bat in the dusk a number of times. And on the way through to my Hall of Fame, I'll say, well batted Zach Crawley, well batted Haseba Mead. Australia didn't bowl well, but... I like the way they ran between the wickets. Right. Uh, I like the way Hasiba Mead batted especially, um, right in behind it. He yep. left well. Um, you know, I'm not saying that they're going to bat for four hours tomorrow, but they have earned the right to try. Uh, yep. My Hall of Fame uh, is partly that. Um, mm-hmm. I couldn't exactly complain. I just called Kawaja's 100, but I was behind the mic for what would have been the hat-trick ball, and it could have finally uh, resolved that for me. So I did think for a moment, oh, no, oh, no. But my true Hall of Fame, my true sincere Hall of Fame, uh, Ollie Pope, subkeeper, four catches. He equals the record. It's only been done once before in Test cricket where a sub, a wicketkeeper, has taken four catches. Ridham and Saha. And it was here last year, Ridham and Saha. You know how I love, if you listen to the show regularly, you'll love when something hasn't happened ever or rarely happened and happens twice yeah. in quick succession. But we've only Can, had subkeepers for about three or four years. Well, no, but you could. I would say that you could... Ad- I, I, I would imagine that, uh, that... I mean, outside of the original 11. Outside of the 11. original 11. Yeah. But, I mean, I would think sure. that... Yeah, there, w- there wouldn't be anyone who's taken the gloves halfway through a test match and taken four catches yep, either. Otherwise, we'd probably right. know about it. So, um, yes, uh, or a subfielder for that matter. No mm-hmm. subfielder has taken Eunice four catches. Oh, Eunice Khan, sorry, mm. you're right. Uh, but still, I-, I think it's noteworthy. And you know what? Um, uh, Sam Billings is in the squad next week mm-hmm. for Hobart. We might have mentioned that on the show yesterday. Yes. They said to him at the last minute, don't go to the Caribbean. Drive from Brisbane to, to Sydney yep. and then fly to Hobart. He might taboo. Yeah. He-, he might taboo. But, yep. um, but I tell you what... Uh, Ollie Pope's done himself uh, no harm whatsoever in terms of a recall to be the keeper. Absolutely. He's done the job for England once before at, at senior level. Uh, well, at test level. He did it did in a New couple Zealand, of one days, it? I reckon, but also um, in New Zealand mm. uh, two two years ago, two summers ago. So who, who knows there? But he'll have that little piece of shared history with Ritterman Saha, Hall yes. of Fame nominee. Yeah, Ritterman Blues. Um, I wonder whether it, he might find it harder if he's picked as a keeper. Because there'll be more pressure. If yeah, maybe. Just the keeper in the match rather than just coming out to do it. Uh, and final Hall of Fame nomination on Sam Billings, being told to drive from the Gold yes. Coast um, in in a Sydney Thunder branded Ute, because they like the, the BBL teams have these you know wrapped cars with all of the the stuff on the side. They gave him one of those to drive down, um, and we were talking on it about it on the BBC commentary, saying, "I wonder where he is." And he heard this, and so he sent. On WhatsApp, he sent a live location link to Stephen Finn so that Stephen Finn could open his phone and there was Sam Billings' head going down the Pacific <laughs> Highway down the north New South Wales coast. And we tracked him all day. We're like, oh, he's just gone past Port Macquarie. And then, which meant the whole commentary was just people asking me what this place was. What's Port What's Dor- What's Dorigo? What's Port Macquarie? What's Hat Head? You know, while I was having to explain Australian <laughs> geographical landmarks. He ended up in Newcastle before the end of the day. I think he had a swim there, jumped in the sea. Did he? I, mean, I hope so. I hope he did. I hope it was a broken down year too. I'm reminded of that... uh the L.A. Darling song on, on the road from St. Lucia to surface in my old university car. I hope it was like a broken down car with no air conditioning, yeah. windows down and, and all the rest no, of it. It's got two by 100 air conditioning. Just put the windows down. <laughs> I hope he was playing, uh, you know, I hope he's playing Wichita lineman on a cassette player. I hope he had a straw in his mouth. I hope he had a dog in the back and a swag and a set of tools in case he could pick up some work along the way. I hope he plays. I hope he, I hope plays. he plays a specialist bat because I'll tell you what, Johnny Bairstow's not playing next week. Josh Butler's not playing next week and Ben Stokes not playing next week. Mm. Um, they're going to be, they're going to be bit light on so mm. that they might need Billings to play as a specialist bat even if he isn't the wicketkeeper. What if maybe James Vince? Maybe it's time for the, the Vincibles to come back. Please. Anyway, Please do it. 
Please bring James Vince into the squad. I think I think that's the final word, Ashes Daily. Um, as the name suggests, it's every day when the Ashes happen, which will be day five. We're going to get to day five without much help from rain in Sydney. So tune in with us then. Tune in with us on Hobart. You can find our other shows in our podcast feed. Use the internet. You know how it works. And you can uh, support the show on patreon.com slash the final word if you're so inclined. Jeff Lemon, Adam Collins, uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Day Thanks five. for listening. Good night. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself And there's some stories I can tell you I had to fail, had to fall That's it for today. Thanks from Adam, Jeff and me for listening. We will see you back here for the final day of this Sydney test tomorrow. If you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a rating. And this episode was produced by Sophia Tarek. The final word is produced by Bad Producer Productions and edited by James Hurley. The executive producers are Melanie Tate and Miles Martinoni. Hey, Mel. Bri here. Got to work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty. Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're going to puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm going to get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian.